each meaningless thought The shell appears strong, but the inside is right It's time to be stirred, the time is now The winds have changed, read the signs No time to hide, the winds have changed Millennia ago from the little cave on the tiny island of Podmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Hey, welcome everyone. God bless you for tuning in to The Winds of Change. Father Tom Coyce here on a brain-wrinkling Wednesday or whatever other time you're listening to this podcast. I'm going to start off with this and explain a little bit. You're on television. You lied to the whole world. Do you remember that? That was the movie The Truman Show. Do you remember that movie The Truman Show? I'm going to... I'm going to walk you through a little bit of what I think. <laughs> I, I like that movie. That was a very interesting movie. But I got a new appreciation for it because I was trying to come up with a, a way to explain G.K. Chesterton's insight about his conversion in the book. You're going to need a bigger approach. And conversions. Oh, yeah. That was Jim Carrey needed a boat to get to the end of the water. <laughs> the ocean, the sea, whatever. Anyways, I'll try to explain a little bit of the basics of that movie, but the more important theme is what is conversion to Catholicism like? And uh, G.K. Chesterton tries to explain what that was for him, and um, he titles a chapter in his book on conversion, he calls it The World Inside Out the world inside out. And at first, and I remember reading this book a few years ago, and I, I, I remember um, kind of thinking, oh yeah, that's a, a very interesting topic, or that's a very interesting thought, because I think that quite often in terms of the world upside down. We, we, we hear that frequently enough when we're talking about the crazy moral relativism of today, what used to be right is now wrong. What used to be wrong is now right. What were unthinkable sins are now constitutional rights. You know the litany of crazy moral malaise of our day. And so um, I remember reading Chesterton's uh, story of his conversion. It's kind of his apologia provida sua, if you know. That's the Latin term that... John Henry Newman gave to his story, his autobiography of why he converted to Catholicism. So uh, this book, Chesterton wrote, The Catholic Church and Con Conversion, is, is kind of his um, apologia provina. The, the apology for my life, or the defense of my life, is what it is. Uh, when, you, when you're engaging in apologetics in the theological world, you're defending your faith from from uh, the various uh, criticisms of your beliefs and all that. So, But the reason I, I had to start with this um, clip of Truman, and we'll get a little bit more to it, but because I think I was missing the point that Chesterton was saying when he described his conversion as now seeing the world inside out. Um, Though the moral relativism issue fits perfectly in harmony with a with seeing the world correctly, that's that's um, 
kind of his message. And when the world is seen correctly, many of our moral convictions may be upside down, backwards and forward. Let me let me let me read to you the article I I have in my wow. our bulletin this week. You just wrinkle my brain, man. That is quite brain wrinkled, I have to say. But you're, I'm recording this, and I, I wrote, I'm recording this right after the Super Bowl, <laughs> where the Chiefs beat the Phillies, the um, Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I wrote this article right before the Super Bowl, contemplating all the excitement, all the enthusiasm, and all the um, hardcore passion and convictions people have about football and sports in general. So here, and, and this is a segue into what I think is such a powerful um, insight that Chesterton gives. And not only somebody who is thinking of becoming Catholic who's not Catholic, but every Catholic who's already Catholic many times our advance in holiness has to be something like what Chesterton is describing when when the world um, when the world turns inside out. Um, so here here's here's a thought to start with. Uh, one of the signs of course of faith is our convictions. That might seem obvious, but truly it isn't really obvious. One of the great challenges in the church today is apathy. In these days where the church focuses so much on evangelization, we do well to consider how strong our convictions towards our Catholic faith really are. I write this on the weekend of the great American Holy Day, better known as Super Bowl Sunday. I can't help but consider the intensity, the passion, and level of convictions so many have about this admittedly wonderful American game then to consider the level of convictions many of us have about the doctrines, morals, and devotions of being Catholic, we see quite a contrast. Truly, we all, but especially those of us involved in Catholic education, need to consider how we are instilling strong convictions into the hearts and minds of our young people about our doctrines, morals, and devotions. In the light of the great football weekend, we need to see something that G.K. Chesterton saw as one of the primary reasons he converted to Catholicism. In his wonderful book, The Catholic Church and Conversion, he makes a powerful point about the Church as he points out the reason the church, Catholic Church uses the term Roman in its title. Quote, It is simply a fact that the Roman Catholic Church is the Church and not a Church among many churches. It may be a good thing that the Roman Empire broke up into many nations, but the church was certainly not one of the many nations it broke up into. Catholic truths are fit for every nation. The Catholic spirit outshines every national pride, or any jersey, cap, or team credit card we can wear. We do our young people no favors if we only instill in them an appreciation of the church along the lines of our loyalty to teams or a generic sense of being nice to others. A pleasant memory of almost everyone who attended a Catholic school is the pride we had in wearing our school colors and embracing our school mascot. But such conviction or loyalty passes quickly. Move to a different school or to a different city, and that kind of conviction evaporates, or it just changes hats. In the world of sports, this can be almost a virtue. A longtime Bear fan friend of mine, now living in Florida, has deep convictions for the Buccaneers. Chesterton's insight about the breakup of the Roman Empire can escape the minds of even a cradle Catholic as the empire broke up into nations, people gathered around people of similar, similar cultural qualities. Their language, their art, their food, and games acted like a magnet towards fragments of iron. 
These clusters of people, known as nations, make up the characters of the history of the Western world. The United States of America threw the world a curveball because it stated that we shall organize our nation around ideas and not ethnic identities. Let me pause for my article here and just point out something obvious. This, the, the huge power of identity politics today is at the heart and soul of what really threatens our American culture, our nation. Um, it, it is as if every, every different ethnic restaurant throughout the nation of the United States um, is going to become its own nation. Inevitably, <clears throat> with, without an overarching ideology, an overarching philosophy, an overarching sense of political science, and one, at least in basic senses, right? So um, that, that uh, ethnic ideology, or the, um, especially what you might find in the um, critical race theory, where it's not only just dividing between races like we've been used to, Mexican versus Italian versus Polish versus German. The Catholic Church can handle different cultural identities like those I, those uh, cultural ethnic identities because Catholicism is broader, is bigger than, than any of those. Um, and we make a big mistake when we turn it inside out in the sense that, oh, thoughts and truths and doctrines uh, are not bigger than any ethnic identity. It's the ethnic identity that is bigger than any truth or doctrine or, wow. or devotion. See what? You just wrinkle my brain, man. That, that does wrinkle our brains. <laughs> Let me finish what I wrote here, and then we're going gonna to get back to... Um, Chesterton and and how the that movie, the Truman Story, I just it it hit me as a very good example of what Chesterton is trying to accomplish here. Not not as deep as what Chesterton is saying, but definitely in the right genre, as it were. So um, uh, so the point I was trying to make. The point is that our Catholic convictions must be grounded on the unique doctrines, morals, and devotions that span all cultures and nationalities. It isn't enough that our children are proud to wear their gym uniform. In my humble opinion, this is one of the reasons I admire the Polish culture here in Chicagoland so much. Polish Catholics, if they are deeply convicted about the faith, have adapted and assimilated in many different lands. I praise God there are so many of them here in the United States. And you could see that in, in all strongly convicted Catholics of many different nationalities. There is an automatic fraternity that breaks the bonds of the individualistic uh, uh, worlds of the, of the ethnic sense. And, and this is what Chesterton is trying to convey in, in his book, um, he's trying to say, let, let me read Let me read part of this, and then um, we'll take our break, and then I have to try to see why um, uh, why the, that interesting movie. Uh, I, I gained a new appreciation. I liked the movie when I saw it years ago, but I'm going to have to watch it again and, and see. So um, here Chesterton says, The Catholic Church stands alone. It's unique. It does not merely belong to a class of Christian churches. It does not merely belong to a class of human religions. There's the key factor. Once you realize that the Catholic Church is the only church that proclaims that it is not a human religion. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a religion started by God, which is much different. Considered quite coldly and impartially, as by a man from the moon, 
It is much more sui generis. That is a class of itself. It is, if the critic chooses to think so, the ruin of an attempt at a universal religion, which was bound to fail. But calling the ship, but calling the wreckers to break up a ship does not turn the ship into one of its own timbers. Well, he's trying to say that he's anticipating the criticism of those who well, criticize Catholicism, and the a primary criticism is just that it was too big, trying to do too much. Religion should never have attempted to be a universal society or organization fit for all people everywhere for all time. That's just, just it's, um, it's, it's mission statement is, is too pompous. It's too great. We, it, it is much more appropriate to belong to little denominations that are, will, are, are able to bring small groups of people to a belief in Jesus and an appreciation of his death and resurrection, however that might be. But in Chesterton's point here about calling the wreckers to break up a ship does not turn the ship into one of its own timbers. Okay, so the, obviously the wreckers of the ship, the ship being analogous to the church, the wreckers are the Protestant reformers, and he said, oh, it was a very good thing to break up the big Catholic church that had this mission far too great to uh, ever work. Um, but Chesterton wisely sees, okay, break up the Catholic church into lots of new little denominations. Any one of those new denominations is not equal... Is not at all what the Catholic Church was, is, and will be. Um, it doesn't turn the broken ship into uh, one of its own timbers. In other words, uh, uh, a, a segment of 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 true believing people, a community of faith, if it is broken off of the larger Catholic community. Uh, ceases to be what Jesus wanted it to be and intended it to be from from the get-go. So, um, okay, let's take our first break here, my friends. Um, I'm gonna. There's so many. There's so many powerful connections here between what Chesterton is trying to appreciate, trying to explain about that beautiful conversion he had, and uh, what I see in 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 this uh, movie, The Truman Story. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I'm Father Tom Coys, guest host on The Winds of Change. You're listening to the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM and AM 750 WNDZ. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool age 3 and 4, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic, social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org. ststandschicago.org. I'm Father Tom Coys, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ST Stands Church. Org. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Hey, welcome back, everyone. God bless you for keeping uh, your radio tuned to Winds of Change. Um, here's, I, I debated with myself to share with you 
Chesterton's uh, verbal picture <laughs> first, first uh, and then then share with you the clip from the Truman story or show the Truman story first and then read the Chesterton description. I'll start with Chesterton because you, you, you may have a sometimes when people read Chesterton they, they get a little confused they, it's hard f to follow him um, but after, once, once you're steeped in in, in, in a deep sense of Catholic theology, um, and you and you're especially appreciative of the distinction between Catholic thinking versus non-Catholic thinking, especially the Protestant, Protestant Christian thinking, or even non-Christian at all, you know, atheists, Buddhists, um, even Jewish people who believe in one God, of course, uh, um, but not Jesus Christ, etc. Anyways. Uh, I decided I'll, I'll read the um, the verbal picture that G.K. Chesterton uh, paints in order to help us understand why he became a Catholic and why he appreciates Catholicism so much. He he starts out with sort of a fact about every person, and I think we can agree with this. Every man conceives himself as moving about in a cosmos of some kind. And the man of the days of my youth, I walked about in a kind of vast and airy crystal palace in which there were exhibits set side by side. The cosmos being made of glass and iron was partly transparent and partly colorless. Anyhow, there was something negative about it, arching over all our heads, a roof as remote as the sky. It seemed to be impartial and impersonal. Okay, stop right there. If you know the movie, um, The Truman Story, you know that it's uh, uh, Jim Carrey who plays the main figure. He grows up in what's like the ideal town, but he does have problems. and It's created by um, the master uh, creator, Kind of like the old um, figure in The Wizard of Oz, the, the man behind the curtain, right? There's always a man behind the curtain pulling strings and making a world that the person who is the, the mad scientist, you might call him, or in the case of the Truman story, the, the man, the, the mad producer, the mad TV producer. He doesn't think he's mad, but... Through the story, you're going to find out that he is, in a sense, you know, even though we're all captivated. The story of the, Tr the Truman story is, um, so this this uh, TV producer, right when, right when reality TV shows were, were beginning, I think Truman's story came out, or maybe it was even one of the impetuses for the plethora of reality uh, TV shows. Um, and so... He, uh, this producer figures I'm gonna what I'm gonna do a TV show where everyone can can tune in and just watch this one guy um, grow up and we're gonna follow every step he makes when he try when he when he goes to school when he falls in love when he um, thinks of a job when he gets fired blah blah, blah everything and so just the TV producer is right in the one sense that every human life is a drama. Every human life can be a a story. We all have our stories, and so um, so let's make a reality TV show that lasts his whole life long. And of course, as the movie progresses, it shows how popular the TV show becomes, and people tune into it. Like uh, like people tuned into the O.J. Simpson uh, trial, right? <laughs> they say, oh, did you see what Truman did today? <clears throat> and all the rest. And so, but Truman, of course, doesn't know he's a, on TV. So, um, so, uh, uh, so at the end, at the end, uh, he's out, he goes out on his sailboat, goes out into the lake, and he's always thought that the lake was part of the ocean or what have you. Just it's just part of his world, and he. 
but he goes out and he bumps into the wall at the end of the lake and he sees that the sky was it's a fake sky and so um he, he wonders what the heck is going on here and so um, then he, he he finds a he finds a door and uh, before he opens the door the tv producer uh, talks into his brain talks into his earpiece however he's talking to him and and uh, he he says uh, that you can't leave. You're mine. You, we belong together. Me as the master, you as my creature. And of course, Jim Carrey rebels against it. And it's a it's a good instance. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, it's a good instance of uh, a man, the TV producer, trying to be God. And uh, so, but there's this other meaning to it that Chesterton's conversion story brings to it. Um, in the in the movie, the sky is actually a big dome. <laughs> he's he's living in a little town, um, and uh, the sky is a dome, and the the ocean is not really the ocean, etc. And so Chesterton is is, is saying that when he was young, he imagined himself living in this crystal palace. And he's going to specifically address the issue of seeing religions for what they are. Because he imagined, as a Protestant, you, you don't have the sense that the religion you belong to has to be made by God. You, you readily admit that the religions you belong to, the churches you go to are obviously created by men, guys like Luther and Calvin and Zwingli and Joseph Smith and all, the, whole, the whole boatload of them. So here's where um, Chesterton is reflecting on how he used to think about church. And, and there was this, um, this overarching uh, dome above him. And he imagined, so he goes on a little bit, our, our attention was fixed on the exhibits, which were all carefully ticketed and arranged in rows, for it was the age of science. Here stood all the religions in a row, the churches, or sects, or whatever you want to call them. And toward the end of the row, there was a particularly dingy and dismal one, with a pointed roof half fallen in and pointed windows, most broken with stones by passerbys. And we were told that this particular exhibit was the Roman Catholic Church. Obviously, as he's remembering, he was told by his Protestant teachers that that was a good way to imagine the Catholic Church. It was old and broken and not as... Um, modern and effective and all the rest um, that the new denominations are. He says, some of us were sorry for it and even fancied it had been rather badly used. Most of us regarded it as dirty and disreputable. A few of us even pointed out that many details of the ruin were artistically beautiful or architecturally important, like the way a non-Catholic could go to a Catholic cathedral and say, wow, I'm not going to join the Catholic Church, but you got to admit they they did make some pretty churches, etc. So, um, so he goes on. Now, now conversion consists very largely on its intellectual side in the discovery that all that all that picture of equal creeds inside an indifferent cosmos is quite false. It is not a question of comparing the merits and defects of the Quaker meeting house set beside the Catholic cathedral. It is the Quaker meeting house that is inside the Catholic cathedral. And it is the Catholic cathedral that covers everything like the vault of the crystal palace. And it is when we look up at the vast distant dome covering all the exhibits that we trace 
the Gothic roof and the pointed windows. And so, um, let me let me do um, let me share um, a little bit of this uh, Truman story just to um, put it in the context here, um, because um, I, if you know the movie, you you see what I'm saying. But if you if you don't, um, I got to explain it a little bit to you. But it it really fits this Chestertonian um, analogy. Okay, so here here we go. Um, this is about a two-minute clip. Uh, we'll see how far we get here. It goes like this. I know you better than you know yourself. Never had a getaway in my head. Oh, he says right there, the TV producer says, I know you better than you know yourself. Reminiscent of a man wanting to be God, right? Because he's watched you grow up and everything. And Jim Carrey screams, you never had a camera in my head. In other words, now that he's realizing the cosmos that he thought was the full cosmos is not the full cosmos is jerking with his brain. You didn't have a camera in my head. Um, so here he goes on. I'm afraid. That's why you can't leave. You're afraid. That's why you can't leave. He's standing by the okay, door Jim. on the sky. I understand I have been watching you your whole life. I was watching when you were born. I was watching when you took your first step. I watched you on your first day of school. <laughs> the episode when you lost your first tooth. You can't leave, Truman. Again, he's repeating, you can't leave. You can't leave the cosmos that I created. And the whole world is watching you grow up and, and live in. You can't leave. Um, in one sense, the TV producer is, is having too much fun. It's His audience is enjoying it too much. He's got the most popular TV show in the world. Um, and people are fascinated by watching Truman. Um, so he keeps going on. You belong here. With me. There's a scene in there where it flips to the girl that he was starting to fall in love with, and she's praying that he walks out the door. Um, but the TV producer is trying to say, You can't leave. Talk to me. Say something. Say something. Oh, Okay, I had to block out the bad word. Now they show everybody watching TV as they're wondering what Truman is going to do. Is he going to walk through that door? Turns around. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's how they ended a lot of the stories. Uh, yeah. So he steps through the door, <laughs> and um, uh, you've got to see the reaction. To, that, that's part of the, the message and part of what reminds me so much of Chesterton's um, analogy here. So let's take our next break here again, my friends. Um, I'm Father Tom Coyes, a, new, a guest host on The Winds of Change. You are listening to the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI. 88.5 FM and WNDZ AM 750. How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule? Work? Or just lost interest? To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the to-do list. 
Participation in the sacred liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the Holy Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the sacrament of reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy. St. Stanislaus Koska Church is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back to Christ through the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's. We are the students of St. Stan's La Costa Academy, and you're listening to the Winds of Change. Here's some good news. We are pleased to announce that St. Stanislaus Koska is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in answer to our Blessed Mother's call to open the doors. The Blessed Sacrament will again be exposed all day, every day, except when Masses or other services are being held. You are invited to come and pray anytime, day or night. For your safety, we ask that you practice social distancing and wear a mask. Hand sanitizer is available and St. Stan's has increased cleaning and sanitizing of the church, and a security person will be on site. More information can be found at ststanschurch.org. That's ststanschurch.org. St. Stanislaus Koska is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Father Coy's here with a brain-wrinkling Wednesday trying to use um, the movie Truman story to help appreciate Chesterton's incredible conversion to Catholicism and his, his description of his conversion as seeing the world inside out. And I started at the beginning by saying, I think I misread what he meant by seeing the world inside out by, by just equating it to the world upside down in the sense of the crazy moral malaise that we're in today. Um, it does not contradict that at all. As a matter of fact, it explains it, but it's, it's in a certain sense better than that, deeper than that. Uh, and so um, here's again how Chesterton is explaining it. I, we left our hero, Jim Carrey, Truman, as he was having that little dialogue with the movie producer. Um, He's standing at the door at the edge of the ocean, really at a wall that is the end of the cosmos that he thought was the fullness of the cosmos, and he wants to go through the door. He doesn't know what's beyond the door, but he now he knows it's a door and that it's not the end of his cosmos. There's something beyond what he knew was his cosmos. So here's, here's Chesterton again, and he's, he's trying to put into words to help us understand what it is to move beyond a, the, the, the Protestant ecclesiology and, and a Catholic ecclesiology, the way we think of church. He says this, It is not easy to express this enormous inversion which I have here tried to suggest in the image of a world turned inside out. I mean that the thing which had been stared at as a small something swells out and swallows everything. So here in Chesterton's words, the thing that was a small something was the Catholic Church as described by his Protestant teachers. Wow. Because the Protestant, because the Catholic Church was that. Brain, man. Yeah, that's a brain wrinkler. <laughs> because he was taught that the Catholic Church is a, one of the churches among many, and even a sad one. With it's too old to be of relevance today, as it were. So, so the thing which had been stared at as a small something swells out and swallows everything. When he realizes that Catholic doctrine and, and truth are supposed to be universal, that, that you you want religion that's tied into God, and if God is tied into all people all the time, everywhere, then how can it not be something 
universalish, as it were, that swallows everything, as he says. Chesterton goes on, Christendom, like the world of faith in the time of the Catholic Churches, when the Catholic Church was really the church and the only church, the only Christian church, there were definitely other religions, but other religions didn't call their places churches. Jewish people even had a different name. They didn't say Jewish people don't go to church on Fridays. They go to synagogue on Fridays. Muslims don't go to church on or on Saturdays and Friday. Muslims go to church on Friday. They're, they don't go to church on Fridays. They go to mosques, right? Anyways, um, so he says, we should come to feel that it, the church, contains everything, even the things in revolt against itself. But it is perhaps the most towering intellectual transformation of all, and the one that it is hardest to undo even for the sake of argument. It is almost impossible, even in imagination, to reverse that reversal. Again, an analogy with the Truman story. Jim Carrey is standing at the door at the edge of what he thought was the end of this cosmos. He knows there's something beyond it, but now he knows that there's something beyond it. He can't go back to living in the small cosmos the way the movie producer wants him to. He can't, he can't unforget the truth that there's something beyond the world that he thought was the world. There is, there is um, something bigger, as it were, and that something bigger, I'm just saying, I, I don't think that the producers and the movie makers of uh, the Truman Story thought they were making an analogy with Catholicism, but I'm making the analogy because every time Hollywood makes a movie where the moral of the story helps us understand the difference between lies and truth or or fractions of the truth versus the fullness of the truth you are you are teaching a catholic lesson as it were just like chesterton is saying here about his appreciation of of uh, of the of world history he goes he goes on he goes on to say this um Another way of putting it is to say that we have come to regard all historical figures since Jesus as characters in Catholic history, even if they are not Catholic. In a certain sense, the historical, as distinct from the theological sense, they never do cease to be Catholic. Yet they are are not people who have really created something entirely new until they actually pass the border of reason and create more or less crazy nightmares. And the analogy with the Truman movie is that this movie producer thinks he created something new and in imprisoning a man to be a movie star to the whole world without him knowing about it is to create a crazy nightmare. And uh, that that's why or I gotta I gotta play this part of the um, the movie because um, yeah you, you can't see because this is radio, but if you were watching the movie you see as it, as Newman is standing solo at the edge of the the lake with the door facing him, um, and he just he just said um, case I don't see you again. Um, good day, or good morning, good day, good night. Um, um, and he's going to walk through the door. It's a they're, 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 the scene is interspersed with a crowded bar where they're all watching a TV screen like you would on a Super Bowl Sunday. Um, people sitting at their homes watching TV. Even a man all alone watching TV in his bathtub, they're all poised, wondering, and wondering, what will Truman do? Is he gonna, is he gonna walk through that door, or is he not? And 
And again, that walking through that door, in, even in the movie, is symbolic of, of searching for a truth that you were not told about, searching for reality that you didn't think existed. And that's where Chesterton has, that's where I, I, I you can certainly see Chesterton saying that's what his conversion to Catholicism was about. So was what was the reaction of the people? You gotta, let's see if we can, uh, I'll narrate it here for you, my friends. It's, he's taking a step through the door. And then his girlfriend is all happy. The people in the bar are happy. The person in the bathtub is joyful. They're giving high fives. They're all happy and joyful because he walked through the door. But the, the movie producer is shocked. You could tell he's disappointed. The, his, his role as God is coming to an end, as it were. And so they cease transmission, and his his uh, uh, most popular TV show in the world is is now over. He knows um, uh, his his fame will 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 subside, but the people are happy. <coughs> Excuse me, the people are happy because it's a sign. It's a sign that um, he he was going to uh, step into a truth. Was going to shake, shake his slavery away. Actually, it's an interesting movie because a movie that mocks what's going on in theaters all the time is 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 a good theme in a sense. I, did, did the movie producers knew know? I think they did that they were mocking the very industry that they are part of, right? And uh, that's. A, that's kind of a sense that um, uh, Chesterton has. Okay, well, let's let's take our last break here. I got to share a little bit more. Boy, this um, this this chapter goes on and on. Maybe we'll have to come back to it on a different um, uh, different day. But remember this, my friends, that that uh, that uh, image of seeing the church as what is overarching is what is crucial. It's not just um, uh, something small where uh, we know our worldview is bigger than what the world, the, the church is saying, because we could, we could, we can judge all the church, the, the church, um, according to our, shall we say, prejudices. It's not bigger than we are. We are bigger than it. And uh, that, to me, has always been uh, one of the beauties of being a Catholic is that I know it's bigger than me, and I want my religion to be bigger than me, as it were, um, even though I know it's filled with a lot of problems, and it's, it, um, it's, not, uh, it's not the perfect kingdom that we wait for in heaven, um, but it is, it is the source, and summit of, of the guiding light for our, our lives. Anyways, let's take that last break now, my friends. I'm Father Tom Coyce. You're listening to The Winds of Change, the new EWTN Catholic radio voice for Chicagoland, WSFI 88.5 FM and AM 750 WNDZ. Here's some good news. We are pleased to announce that St. Stanislaus Koska is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in answer to our Blessed Mother's call to open the doors, the Blessed Sacrament will again be exposed all day, every day, except when Masses or other services are being held. You are invited to come and pray anytime, day or night. For your safety, we ask that you practice social distancing and wear a mask. Hand sanitizer is available, and St. Stan's has increased cleaning and sanitizing of the church and a security person will be on site. 
More information can be found at ststandschurch.org. That's ststandschurch.org. St. Stanislaus Koska is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. I'm Father Tom Coyes, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air, Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Hey, welcome everyone. God bless you for tuning in. Father Tom Coy is trying to wrinkle your brain and trying to um, help you appreciate how we all need what Chesterton is describing as his conversion. We all need like that wider appreciation of of the world that's bigger than what we thought the world was. Um, instead of uh, a worldview that comes from our religion that that um, hides that deep reality. Here, I got to share this part with um, you from Chesterton's book. Um, another way of putting all of this is to say that we have come to regard, we as Catholics, that is, we have come to regard all these historical figures, all the figures that are not Catholic, the even Martin Luther, Zwingli, those who have fought even Henry VIII and all the rest, those um, they are historical figures, no doubt about it. But he says a Catholic will regard these historical figures in Catholic history, and in a certain sense, the historical as distinct from the theological sense, they never do cease to be Catholic. He's not saying that Henry VIII didn't leave the Catholic Church, but as Catholics, we see them as part of Catholic history. And so they are figures in our story. They are not people who have really created something entirely new until they actually pass the border of reason and create nightmares, as it were. So my way of translating this is um, uh, he, he's saying that Luther is is a is a person in the history of the Catholic Church, and he's a he's a bad Catholic. Obviously, he became a non-Catholic, but when we Catholics look at him, we we see him as as we see ourselves struggling against issues and difficulties of life and and uh, his, his um, creation of his Lutheran church is is a moving is, is, is a creating something while at the same time destroying the the main thing like the, like Chesterton's image of the you break apart a ship and none of the timbers left over are the same as what you broke, as it were. Um, you could say, it, in our Catholic play of history, Luther is definitely a character. But in, but in the Lutheran play of history, there's no room for Pope Gregory the Great or Innocent III. Or, or the um, like I was sharing the other Wednesday the the story of the Jesuit suppression. Those in the in the world view of of Protestants are Catholic figures uh, don't exist. You know, if you pushed a Protestant to say, "Do you believe that Henry the Eighth or, or or one of the popes, Pope Gregory the Greater?" Um, did they exist? They'll say, well, yeah, they existed, but unimportant, doesn't matter. Um, whereas we would say, uh, yeah, we know that Luther exists, but he he became sort of, uh, he, he lived in a world that was smaller. Here, here's 
here's Chesterton again, um, not talking about Lutherans, but Calvinists. Um, of course, Calvin was one of Luther's um, reformers, so to speak. So he says, thus a Calvinist is a Catholic obsessed with the Catholic idea of the sovereignty of God. If you know a little bit about the original Calvinists, most Protestants, most Protestants don't believe this, but the Calvinist, Calvin was the, um, the one who preached everyone was going to hell. You, you've got to straighten out your life, because if you don't straighten out your life, you're going to hell. And that is partly a, a Catholic doctrine as well, but Calvin was so obsessed with that idea um, that he forgot about other great ideas. That, and he built up his little church around that one idea. So he says, but when Calvin makes it mean that God wishes particular people to be damned, we may say with all restraint that he has become a rather morbid Catholic. You know, a Catholic that only thinks that everyone's going to hell or that sins are so bad that um, um, you can't can't smile. You um, Dancing is so bad that you can't dance. Alcohol is so bad that you could never have a glass um, so, in point of fact, he is a diseased Catholic, Chesterton says, and the disease left to itself would be death or madness. But as a matter of fact, the disease did not last long and is itself now practically dead. He's referring to the fact that the church is following on the foundation of Calvin. Don't really think like Calvin does anymore. But every step, listen to this, but every step he takes backwards, he, but every step he takes back towards humanity is a step back toward Catholicism. And that's, that's why I say this Truman story has, has a, a Catholic theme to it, um, because the reaction of the crowd that, yes, they were proud and they were glad that this one individual um, broke the chains of his so-called slavery, even though he had a nice, comfortable life and everything. But they knew he wasn't in the real world. He was in a fake world. And um, being in a fake world, even though it might be comfortable, is not as good as being in the real world. In that, my friends, it's very similar to that other marvelous movie, The Matrix, that I so often talk about. Uh, and so um, he... He can't go back, and it's why, it's why I could see so many Catholic themes in movies. I I could see Catholic themes everywhere, and that's as it should be, my friends. Uh, you, you go to a movie and you see a good movie, and there's some good Catholic doctrine that it could relate to. You go to a movie and you see a bad movie. Of course, it's not only movies; it could be books or anything like that. Um, you see. You, you you see a bad movie, and the reason it's bad is because it contradicts some of the truth that is already found in the fullness of the faith, and what you we we, we affectionately call the fullness of the faith, the Catholic Church. So um, here's a here's another. I'll just end with this uh, this last quote here. But when you um, thus a Quaker is a Catholic obsessed with the Catholic idea of gentle simplicity and truth. Why? Because Quakers were quite the opposite of Calvinists. Because you know, nothing disturbed you. Everything was peace. And um, all doctrine was to be avoided. And all wars are a result of doctrine. So you must just sit and meditate and say nothing, <laughs> as it were. Hope this helped appreciate what conversion truly is. Appreciate G.K. Chesterton a little bit more. And uh, we will see you again. I'm Father Tom Coyes. You've been listening to The Winds of Change on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI 88.5 FM and AM 750 WNDZ. Can you see? Can you see? Stirred. The time is now. The wind.
Thank you.